I think theology's for the clergy. I just believe in Jesus. Certain hermeneutics of eschatology demand an exegetical approach. I think you shouldn't question what you were taught in church. Isn't that blasphemy or something? Theology. Theology. Unplugged. Welcome to Theology Unplugged. Uh, we are doing something a little bit different today. Uh, we, we tried to record, and our studio had some problems, and so I am recording by myself at home. So we'll see how this sounds. Hopefully it sounds okay. Things just seem to be evening out as far as everything being able to do what what other things could before. So let's just jump right into the topic, if that is okay with you guys. Um, I'm going to talk about a topic that you know, seems to be, um, I don't know, I, I, I don't know what to call it, and you'll understand it a little bit, but I'm tempted to call it some type of epi- epidemic, and in some ways it, it is uh, a very serious epidemic within the church, but also I'm tempted to call it some type of blessing, and you'll understand, I promise, I think, I promise, at least, and uh, it, it's this, it's just, it's just in general, people walking away from the faith. And those of you who know me, you know I've talked about this a lot. You know I always talk about this. I I talk about doubters. I talk about people who are struggling in their faith. And that is a big topic for me because of, of, if you know me again, what I've been through in the past in 2010 and the the serious doubt that I had and the trouble that I went through. And so uh, I look at these things and I see people who leave and I I get an immediate interest in them. And I want to go understand it first and then I want to I want to try to help them through it uh you know that's my ultimate goal but um you know oftentimes of course you know there's people that I can't reach they don't know me they're they're not accessing me or I'm not the best person to talk to either but here's the deal you know it comes down to the you know some of the Joshua Harris stuff and you guys know about the Joshua Harris thing if you don't you can read about about it on my blog and who he is and what happened but this kind of stirred a lot of stuff and uh and, and people thinking and people writing on it and and uh Joshua Harris uh, uh left Christianity he changed his mind in any sense he says uh, of the word he does not define himself as a Christian didn't give any further explanation as to why, but just just that. But he walked away from the faith, or he is walking away from the faith, or or it seems to be to him that he is walking away from from the faith. I don't know what God's doing because I've seen changes in people to where this was used by God, and they were believers, and things things changed later on. Uh, we just have to wait and see. But it, it, the epidemic of people leaving the faith, why are we seeing so much about it, so much more about it? And why do we look at it and say, man, this is crazy. Look at all these people who have, are leaving the faith. I mean, you could you can access books, you can access blogs. Um, you know, there's there's a blog that's that's dedicated to this that people are leaving the church at least, and most of them, as I read them, they're talking about people who are leaving the faith, and so it's it's uh, it's tough to read. It's 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 interesting. It's scary. It's it's difficult. It's it's um, confusing. It's all kinds of things. All kinds of emotions arise because of this. And basically, what what we're thinking is, I'm not leaving the faith. They are leaving the faith. What do they know that I don't? 
And that gives us fear and and approaching this topic uh, of leaving the faith because we think maybe somebody knows something we don't. And um, oftentimes, you know, we present ourselves as as very smart characters, but deep down inside, whenever all the uh, cards are on the table, we we uh, kind of cower in fear. And that's that's not because there's any weakness to the faith. It's just that it exposes a weakness in our own faith. And so why are so many people leaving the faith? That That's the topic. The thesis is, why are so many people leaving the faith? And and I want to talk about this in, in two ways. I mean, first of all, in my commentary here, and by the way, I'm going to bring Carrie and Clint in next week, and we will discuss this very kind of commentary I'm doing here. But why are people leaving the faith? Well, here's my here's my thoughts. It's tragic. It's terrible. It is it is heartbreaking. It is scary. It is something that that has all negativity. It can't have any positivity to it. How could it have positivity to it? It's just it's just something that's uh, impossible. It's beyond being positive. In some ways, that's what we think, and and in some ways, it's true. I mean, people who leave a faith, it's tragic. Now, it doesn't matter, again, I've said this before on my blog, it doesn't matter whether you're a Calvinist or an Arminian. That just comes to the theological details of why, what was the ultimate cause of leaving the faith or, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the ultimate cause of them keeping their faith. That's a different deal. But in, in both, we whether you're a Calvinist or Arminian, you have to wrestle with this and, and ask this question. Uh, and the, the, the answers are usually come down to the same things um, uh, as far as the practicality of it. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's just scary. It's, it's uh, hard. It's, they're, they're leaving the faith because they lost their faith. And whether they had faith to be true faith to begin with or not is not relevant to them at the, that point, whenever they're leaving the faith, they're not going to say, well, gosh, I just, I don't think I ha- ever had true faith. Therefore I'm leaving the faith. Uh, most of the people that are in the faith that leave the faith, um, they feel as if they're in the faith. They feel as if they know Jesus Christ. I've read the testimonies over and over again. I've got a row of books in my library that would that would blow you away that are just dedicated to people who leave the faith anthologies of people who live the faith uh combinations where where you have multiple people in there commentaries on why people leave the faith but mostly i just have these books about people leaving the faith because i want to hear it from their own voice i want to see what's going on and whenever i hear it i see this this truth to their faith that i i i see now, I'm not saying theological truth. I, I'm, I don't, uh, ultimately, I don't believe that, but it doesn't matter. I see they're a truth to their faith as they see it and, and they, as they believe it. And, and you know what? That scares us. Just as a side note, that scares us because if they saw that, what if I see the same thing and I walk away from the faith? And I change. And, you know, the solution is very practical to that. You know, it's very, very practical. Are you planning on leaving the faith? Are you planning on walking away? 
Are you are you having a real struggle to where you're you're just you're you see something and it it looks better than Jesus. It's more attractive than Jesus. If not, you don't have anything to worry about. If you can say with the disciples about every turn you go through in your life, I have nowhere else to go. You are the only one who has the words of eternal life. And, and that should comfort us. And and it is so very true. And um, it, it's hard, though, you know, whenever other people do leave the faith. Whenever, whenever I am... I am dealing with doubters, dealing with people who are going through some type of transition. You know, normally the type of doubters that I deal with are those who are really struggling and want to come back to the faith. And I hold their hand while they're going through this and help them through. And it's a, sometimes it's a very long process. Sometimes it's very short. But, um, you know, I, I've worked with one person for uh, almost... Uh, gosh, two and a half years now. And we're still going through some struggles, much, much better than the beginning, but still going through some struggles. And so, you know, I, it's hard. That's a, that's a side note, but I do want you to think that way. You know, are you planning on it? You know, is Jesus your ultimate prize? Um, is he your only hope? Uh, and, and if that's true, then you don't have anything to worry about. Just, just stick with it. Just stay with it. Just, just endure until the end. Don't let your faith grow cold. Don't, I mean, keep on, keep the fire on it. Uh, pray for strength in your faith. Pray mostly, you know, this, this may sound weird and it may not sound like it's part of this, but pray for humility because humility is such a, is such a great, um, oh gosh, measuring tool, something that, that, uh, you know, you, you measure somebody's humility and then they measure their realness. Be real, keep it real. You know, I mean, authenticity is, is such a key. If you don't know yourself, if you don't know your faith, if you're not, if you're not verbal about it, if you're not open about it, if you're not, if you're not talking to people about it, your doubts, your struggles, whatever else, then they build up inside and they build up inside and they build up inside. Then they overwhelm you at some point. And it's very hard at that point for a lot of us to be able to keep our faith. But, but don't worry when you go through times of doubt and times of struggle. If you really want to come back, I promise you will. I don't, I don't see this in most of the people. That is one thing I see in, in most everyone. And I'm saying everyone. I, I'm just saying most everyone. And I've read so many testimonies. I've talked to personally on the phone because uh, I make everybody call me on the phone. I want to hear their voice. I want to talk to them. I want to get to know them. But on the phone, I've talked to so many, and and they um, they stay with faith. They they end up staying. Uh, they could, you know what? Why? Because because they, they want to, and that's a good sign to me if they're struggling with their faith. Now. Now, all this is like, oh man, this is a bad thing. This is a bad category. What What do you mean by there's a there's a good side to it? There's a good thing about it. People leaving their faith can never be good, can it? Well, well, think about it this way, and just hang with me. Think about it this way. People are in the we've got the churches filled, the pews filled 
with people who who have this faith and you look at them and they say the right things they look the right way they they're wearing the proper attire they're whatever whatever it is at your church that you need to do to look christianly or churchily that <laughs> um, they, they have all this stuff and and they they um are able to talk the talk, walk the walk, and they they even personally are doing it. Uh, but you have all these people that are that are there doing that, but deep down inside, you get two layers deep, and you'll see that there's not really any depth to their faith. There's not really anything that has rooted way down, and it's very hard to. Most of us don't ever try to get that deep. We we just assume upon people. Uh, you know, whenever they confess their faith, that it's true. And I'm not saying we shouldn't. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying go in there and doubt everybody's faith and think everybody in here is going to walk away. But, but wouldn't you rather, wouldn't you rather see two layers down on somebody at church? And wouldn't they rather see themselves two layers down. If that, if that two layers down presents a, a, uh, something that doesn't confess Christ, something that doesn't know Christ, then, then the veneer on the outside, the mask that they're wearing at church, you know, is, is terrible. It's a terrible place. Yes. It looks Christian. Yes. Yes. They are, they are, they, they are there and they're doing the things they should do in it. And, and you're, they're proper and you can, you can hang out with them and, and whatever else. But, but I want to get two layers deep and I want to see what you're like. I want to see what your struggles are. I want to see the authentic you. I want to get behind that mask that you're wearing because everybody wears that mask at church. And my thoughts are just in general that at most churches, I'm not saying all of them, I think there's a lot of churches that encourage this and push this and push their congregation in such a way. But but most churches, you have a situation where um, the, 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 pews, the pews are filled with people that are two layers down, not a Christian. Okay, let me repeat that, and I'm sorry for saying this, and if it offends you, I'm sorry, but it's true. I think it's very true. I, I think the churches are filled with people that two layers down are not a Christian. They are like Joshua Harris. In any definable sense, you could not call them Christian. They are not Christ followers. They don't know Christ in the second layer. Only the, the first layer that, that maybe they can see. Maybe they can see the second layer. Maybe they're too scared to get to the third layer. But here's the deal. I want the mask off. And and I, I I maybe it's an ugly thing to take the mask off, you know, from our from the standpoint of someone who believes that person is a believer. But but they take the mask off and suddenly, wait a minute, I see the real you. And you know, I'd rather see the real you, the real person, than um than this fake person who is who is a Christian. I'd rather see the real you who is who is a real person who is not a Christian than the fake mask that is a Christian. And that's what our goal should be. 
that's a hard thing. I mean, yeah, I look at I look at the discipleship process throughout the entirety of the church, and I know there's always problems. But I look at the discipleship process, and one of the things that strikes me is in the first three years, uh, whenever people were being discipled, and you were a catechumen, you had to become a catechumen in order to enter into Christianity. It was a tough stuff. It was hard. Not a, not endorsing this either. I'm just I'm just endorsing the the kind of idea behind it and the method. But but you became a catechumen and somebody was your mentor. And for three years, it was kind of like you went through a testing phase to see if your faith was real. Because in in that culture, at least. You know, with with the uh, polytheism, with the Roman gods, with with the celebration and the festivals and everything that they could partake in, um, you know, sometimes it was pretty easy to add a new god. Now, now the god of Christianity was very different. That's why it was offensive to Romans because, and that's why they called Christians atheists, which is uh, pretty funny and ironic because we didn't worship all the other gods. And so normally whenever you became a Christian, you had to give up everything or not normally every time you had to give up everything, all those other gods. And so, but, but you know, you're, you're kind of scared because this guy's been adapted to a mentality where there's multiple gods that do multiple things. And maybe we're just going to, he's just going to add Christ to this. And, and maybe whenever he gets persecuted for his faith, his faith will go away. Uh, which, which was the truth sometimes, you know, I mean, many times, I mean, obviously if we got persecuted for our faith, they would, uh, it would, it would go completely away. And, uh, you know, and those who, you know, are just wearing a mask. And so that, that's what they did. If, if you're persecuted, um, you, you you went through the test of persecution and, and it was helpful for you and it just helped you to uh, that the disciple or the the discipler the mentor wanted to see two layers down to make sure your commitment was real and so i like that i think it's it's a great thing i'm not saying that's what we should do and not call somebody a christian until 3 years later I think I think anytime somebody becomes a Christian, of course, there's going to be that testing period. We don't know when it's going to come. Is it going to come, you know, uh, uh, is it going to come uh, early in their Christianity or late in their Christianity? Through what trial? Through what tribulation? Whatever. We don't know, you know. And for the most part, we just assume, even though we haven't seen two layers down, uh, that the person is a Christian because they they are confessing it, and that that's that's uh, that's really good to do. That is a good thing to do. But it's it's a good thing whenever that mask finally comes off. And so we have all these people, because of the internet, because of social media, because of this idea that that you share yourself. I remember in 2004, I had a, a guy who told me, or it's 2003 maybe, but it was before Twitter, before Facebook, before Instagram, before all these social sharing of ourselves networks, they, there was uh, this um, uh, guy who came up to me and said, you know what, the thing you need to get into and the thing you need to understand is that in the future, it is all going to be about self-sharing, people sharing themselves. And I thought to myself, no, it won't. Everybody's too scared to share themselves. Nobody's, nobody's that confident. You know, it's just a very few people that are public speakers and all that that can get up and, and present themselves. And, and, and that, that's what I thought. I just thought it wouldn't work out. All of a sudden, of course, I, was, I couldn't have been more wrong. 
and people are sharing themselves. People are people are letting other people know what's going on, not just in the big ways. Like like you know, once a week I'm going to write a blog and I'm going to sum up all my thoughts into some real nice way and and teach someone and have a have a good introduction, have a good conflict of of difficulty in the middle, and then have a good resolution. Not that. This is just sharing your thoughts, little short tweets. What are you doing today? What are your thoughts right now? How you feeling? Anything. And and people are getting used to that. They're getting used to this kind of stuff. And and eventually, you know, with a lot of people, it's just going two layers down. It's it's going two layers down. And and you can put yourself out there like that and understand what's going on two layers down. And so I don't think in any sense that people are leaving the faith any more than they were uh, in the first century, in the 16th century, in the 17th century, uh, all the way up to today. I think it's always the same. Uh, maybe they're not as vocal about it. Maybe they're not as as sharing about it. Maybe people don't know about it. But but this is this is great, isn't it? I mean, think about it. Um, back then people lived their whole lives in doubt, uh, but they didn't know it or, or they would didn't come to the surface and their faith never really was challenged because they were too scared to, because maybe it's not real or maybe it's not true or whatever else. And, and now here's the deal is that people are sharing it. Maybe, maybe deep down inside, they have doubts, you have doubts and, and you're thinking through those doubts and, and, uh, you don't want to tell anybody, but now people are telling people and we're getting this, I, this deal where, Everybody knows whenever you're going through troubles and difficulties. Everybody knows now when you leave the faith because you share it with people. You don't just leave church and quietly, uh, you know, uh, uh, go off into into the darkness of of uh, the the public. But you share it. I mean, I'm not everybody doesn't obviously, but you know, a lot of us do. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're telling it. That's what. That's what. Joshua Harris did Instagram post to tell the world that he was leaving the faith. And so at that point, we see people like him. We see people uh, that are former apologists turn atheists. We see people who are just backing off from Christianity and not even, not necessarily becoming atheists, but just they're, they're done with it for some reason. They're, they're mad at God. We see things being prolifically pushed. Uh, by the new atheist, the Richard Dawkins, who was very vocal about things. And and then all of a sudden, we see their thoughts and we say, oh my gosh, look how many people now are leaving the faith. And we get really scared and nervous. Well, my, my, my deal, and I do want to talk about why people leave the faith. Ultimately, that's, that's this series, why people leave the faith. But um, right now, I'm just talking about this this epidemic. Is it an epidemic? Is it not an epidemic? And I say yes and no. I say yes and no. I say no, it's not. Or no, let me first say yes, it is. Of course, it's an epidemic. We don't want people leaving the faith. But again, if their if their mask comes off, isn't that a good thing? I know, I know. I know you want the mask to stay on. You, and you want the mask of your children to stay on. You want the mask of your parents, your friends, your, your your people at church. You want it to stay on because you're you're scared too of what it looks like, maybe. And so we don't really challenge ourselves that deeply. We don't push ourselves that hard. We don't say things like this. We say, I mean, one of the things 
that and me growing up a Baptist, I mean, the first things that you told people, you would share the gospel. And then if they accepted, you would immediately, the first thing is tell them how much you can't lose your faith. The once saved, always saved stuff. And it's not that I disagree with that. I, I'm not at all. You know, you know, I'm a perseverance of the saints guy. But at the same time, I don't know if that's the best thing. Because immediately, this, this is what happened to my dad. You know, my dad, I, I don't know. I couldn't ever figure him out. He died in 2013 of pneumonia. Uh, 66 years old, I think. And uh, 67. But... <clears throat> He, um, he, he never talked about Jesus, never talked about Christianity, never talked about anything. He was, in fact, sometimes very hostile to my, to my dis- disagreement, to my, or my conversations to him. I remember one time talking about the Trinity, and he just comes in and just acts like I am the biggest idiot there ever was. And he scared me. He was my dad, and he always scared me. Uh, it's just the way he was. He was a scary guy. And, and so I tried to argue with him and stuff, but it, it was just worthless. Uh, but, you know, it, it was just an argument for argument's sake. I knew that. But my dad was, was uh, you know, filled with the idea. And I'm not saying this idea is wrong, but filled with the idea immediately as if this is the first principle of your faith that you can't lose it. Uh, not that not that you're to keep it or to, you're going to go through testing of it and, and to make sure it's pure, but you can't lose it. That faith you just now got, no, there's no way anybody can take it away. Nothing can take it away. Neither height, nor depth, nor powers, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come. And that's true if it's real faith. But a lot of times people go through it and it's not real faith. And, and I'm not saying that of my dad. I'm just because I can't make a judgment on that. I don't want to make a judgment on that. But I'm so what I'm saying is that um, whenever I went to his work one time, I looked on his wall and it blew me away. Absolutely surprised me. There was a scripture reference there. And it was it was just this topical thing, maybe taken from a talk, topical Bible and copied and then cut out and pasted there. But it was a scripture reference and it says eternal security. And then it shows a verse about eternal security. And it says you can't lose your faith. That was it. Now, he relied upon it. That's, I guess, it was important enough for him to see that. But but it wasn't important to him to to challenge his faith, to make to make sure his faith goes more than two layers down. And so he 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 dies in the situation of of you know just I don't know quasi Christianity, uh, hopeful Christianity. I I don't know what to call it. But confessing Christianity, at least at the end, you know, and I talked to him, you know, a year before he died, and he talked about anytime you asked him about whether or not he's a Christian, he referred back to his whenever he was 12. He didn't refer to today and say, oh, yeah, I believe. That's how I know I'm a Christian. I believe right now, and I have not gone anywhere else. I find nobody better than Jesus. He didn't say that. He said, oh, yeah, I know I'm a Christian. I walked the aisle and, and uh, uh, prayed the sinner's prayer. Is that all? I, I'm not sure if that's sufficient. I think, at the very least, people are being vocal about the challenges they have deep down inside. And I want to know them. I want to know if you're struggling. I want to know if you're not really believing. 
I need to know that. Churches need to know that. We all need to know that. Not because we want to kick people out. Not because we want to cease fellowship with them if they are. But because we want to be able to disciple well. We want to be able to to make sure as best we can in our responsibility to make sure your your faith is sound, your faith is true, your faith is deep. And that is that is something that is um is difficult, but it's happening. Or or at least it's been thrown upon us, necessarily. And I hope I hope we're not just learning from it, but having action from it, having having new work to do uh with people and, and somewhat here's the deal. It's a bad thing. Yes, people leave the faith. It's a bad thing. But somewhat excited because, oh my gosh, you know what? Uh, these people, this guy, my dad, um, everybody that that comes to this point, you know they're being real at that point. You know, at least you know you've gotten that deep and... And that, therefore, you you we can we can say, hey, all right, let's keep on pushing the discipleship process somehow. Let's be kind. Let's be gracious. Let's represent Christ. Let's keep let's keep at it with them, and uh, let's keep praying for them. Let's keep hoping. Let's do this. But then, whenever they come back, at least at least we'll know, or we'll be a whole lot more sure that they're true Christians, because anybody who has gone through the the uh, tidal wave, the uh, storm, the the black hole, I don't know what to call it, but it's all these things uh, of doubt and come out the other side. I think, I think the coming out the other side just, you know, makes you take off your mask, makes you uh, more humble, makes you a more compelling and outrageously loud in your faith Christian. I'm not saying outrageously loud in the sense that you're you're speaking loud or you're talking too much, but it's just you're li- you, you come to life. It's different. I've seen it. I know the difference between somebody who has never been through any doubt and what their faith looks like and somebody who has and what their faith looks like. And I like the second much better. Not because I like the person, not because I'm trying to be, you know, uh, picking and choosing here, but it's just, it's just, it's more real. And I love reality. I love realness. I love, I love that I can see the real you. I love the masks coming off. I love you not having to go to church and, and grab, grab them, the, the, the mask from the, from the door and put it on. And it, it tells you how to look and how to act and what to say. I don't want that on anymore. And therefore, I'm glad that people are going through this. All right. Next week, we will continue to talk about this, but in a different way of kind of why are people leaving the faith? Ask that question. So uh, thanks for letting me do my mono commentary here. Hopefully, it was it was uh, worth it to you. Uh, God bless you and goodbye. Theology 